You're listening to The Curator Podcast. Season 2, episode 21. An interview with Austin and Casey Getz from Turnover. Before we get into this interview, I just want to say that I know I missed an episode last week, but that's because I was away creating all this new content, so I've got a whole bunch of stuff banked up now, so there will not be any more breaks for the foreseeable future. Hope you enjoy this chat. How are you guys doing? Good, doing great. Well rested after an off day for the UK tour. What did you do in the off day? We went to the Lake District. We hiked a crag. I don't know what the... Crinkle, uh, crinkle crags. It was near Crinkle Crags. Saw a lot of sheep, saw a lot of really old stone walls, a lot of lakes. A lot of hills. A lot of what? So many hills. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of those. And, uh, yeah, it was really sick. It was really foggy, but it was, it was, a, it was a vibe. It was cool. Everyone everyone fell in the mud, except me. So yeah, my shoes That's good. why with all the laundries in here. Because everyone got covered in shit. Yeah, sheep shit. Covered in sheep poop and mud. <laughs> I should say that we're actually in Turnover's tour van, which is one of the nicer ones I've been in, I've got to be honest. <coughs> I wish we could say it's ours, we just, it's on rent from Oosh Tours and it's only got like 13,000 miles on it, so we're, we're sitting pretty this time. Yeah. We've, had some, we've had some ones that are a little more road-worn. They're usually pretty nice over here though, you know, it's always like a Mercedes Sprinter, which is way nicer than anything we tour in America. Yeah, it's true. I read an interview earlier on today about how you guys, like, obviously, like most bands, you kind of bought your own first, you bought your own van to begin with when you started touring. In America, we yeah, have yeah, yeah, yeah. For, Actually, all of them. We've, we've, we've owned all of them. We've yeah. always have bought our own van. Anything as nice as this? No. No. It's way different. God, it's not, no. I mean, this is a Mercedes, you know. We're yeah, riding we, on, like, Ford. Yeah, they're usually, like, Ford 12-passenger vans. And honestly, up until this van that we have now, our vans were, like, really bad. Like, one was an old catering van. We, like, ripped out the back. No windows, like graffiti on the side. One was an old prison van. <laughs> They've been pretty crazy. Had a minivan at one point. Yep. So we've had a few, but the one we have now is all right, but still not nearly this nice. So we come over here and we're feeling like kings. Yeah, this one's nice, but TVs don't really work. You know, mm-hmm. it's not cutting it for me. <laughs> oh, I mean, talking about being like kings, uh, this is the second time you guys have sold out a tour in the UK. Headline tour, is that right? Uh, not not quite because we didn't sell out Newcastle this time. Oh, Newcastle, I think, was like thirty tickets away. So if you want to just round up, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, London has fifty tickets left, so I think that'll probably sell out, and that's the biggest room we've ever headlined, except for a show we recently played in the Philippines. So it's gonna be nerve wracking. It's gonna be really fun, but it's really cool coming over here and seeing a response like that. Compared to in America, are you, are you guys pretty happy with the way that the stuff's going down over here? I'd say it's pretty similar. Yeah, I'd say we like do as good in the UK as we do in like the Northeast, which is like, like, like New York, you know, Pennsylvania. Yeah, like a, yeah. A, a what is it? A dense yeah. area of like pretty big cities. You yeah. know, that's like that's how the UK is pretty much. So mm-hmm. it's usually pretty good. I mean, it's, I think it's awesome when bands come over from America and they're just like greeted with like all these crowds, which are like totally like, yeah, this is fucking like we love this band so much, mm-hmm. um, and selling out shows. Are, so far from home must be a fucking awesome feeling surely yeah it really is crazy man that's one thing every night that it's just seeing that many people so far away from home is like, I mean seeing that many people anywhere care about the music is really cool but even being so far from home and doing as well or better in the UK than we do in some parts of America is we're still getting used to it you know it's really cool was that something I guess it must have been something you didn't expect 100%. when it began yeah I mean the first time we came over here um, it was pretty bad 
Yeah, that was a long time ago. 2014. 2014 with a band called I Am the Avalanche, so they weren't really our shows. But then, yeah, I mean, those shows are good, but yeah. Our response was yeah. non-existent, really. And then the next time we came, we did, like, smaller rooms um, with a band called Team Brains and a band called Claws, both from the UK, and every show sold out, and we couldn't believe it. It was our first tour in good nature here, I mean, on Peripheral Vision here. And we were like, wow, this is, like, really intense. This is similar to home. And since then, it's kind of always just stayed like that. Like, when we were here about a year ago, the shows were about as good as they are at home. And I think the U.K. is usually, like, one step ahead because we usually play the U.K. before we play America. So it's, like, a good way to be, like, how are people feeling about the record, the song. And this is our first time ever playing Good Nature songs. Yeah, really? Yeah. At all? Okay, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. So it's really sweet. Yeah, it's been a really new experience so it comes with some anxieties but also a lot of excitement what kind of anxiety do you get when you think about playing new songs live you know it's, i just feel like playing the new songs live is the most direct feedback you get like you can see like how many plays you have or streams you have or how people are talking online or like what your friends tell you but ultimately going to the shows and seeing how people react and see how they feel the energy when they hear the songs is what i measure it by the most so it's a little nerve-wracking to see you know and it's coming off of playing peripheral vision songs that have had two years to sleep into people's ears it's like these are new songs that people are still getting to know so it's something that i have to kind of step back and say like okay how should i measure this against myself and uh but it's also really fun you know because it's new material to play live and it's a whole different vibe than the old stuff so it's really sick it's one of my favorite tours They've been going. To, I presume the songs have been going down quite well so far. Then, yeah, they've been going great for sure. Uh, better than I expected them to. So it's really cool. <laughs> That's quite a pessimistic view. <laughs> well, I think more so just uh, you know I didn't think they'd go poorly, but maybe I didn't think that they'd be so known this quick. Mm -hmm. So pleasantly surprised, yeah. which is always nice. Well, speaking of, of pessimism and optimism, good nature is it's a much happier record than the last one. Like I guess lyrically. And well, musically, it's never really been about sadness, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But um, I get a heavy Beach Boys vibe from the new record. That's really sick. That's really sick. Pet is Sounds that? is like my favorite record of all time. So it's really, uh, it's really cool. Is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, like sort of. Um, I don't know if I could act if I could say I was trying to. We were any of us were really trying to sound like the Beach Boys, but they're definitely at least for me an, an influence for like maybe how certain things are composed. Mm -hmm. So. Definitely an inspiration. Yeah. That's, that's I'm pretty, glad that people are picking that up. I think it, so. The first thing that struck me about it really was that, and, and you don't hear that very often anymore, which is, I think is a bit of a shame. Like, I don't think a lot of people take a lot of influence from, from you know, pre seventies bands, I guess. And, yeah. And they were a huge band, you know. They're still a huge band. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I think that we all started like going a little further back in time. I mean, I've always dug some music from the sixties and stuff, but I started listening to a lot more of it. I know myself personally, so really cool to expand the influences always trying to do that i, I just uh, i like hearing it it's great one of the things that i noticed when i was doing, doing my research is between peripheral vision and magnolia a lot of people were saying you guys changed your sound and now your two records into that mm. i air quotes change in sound yeah. which certainly seems like a much more comfortable fit is it accurate for now i think you know i mean um just you know i think it's more recent so it's more in tune with how we are in the modern day or you know today instead of a couple years ago but even that being said you know like we started writing those songs two years ago and recorded them a year ago so even now when people are hearing them there's almost this delay 
mm-hmm. of where we are as a band. Like I know that we all still dig on the Good Nature songs a lot, you know, as we still dig on the Peripheral Vision songs. But I know that myself, like I'm always like, oh, cool, like this is the kind of stuff I want to write next. You know, like me and Casey were just talking about the other day. We were listening to something like I want to write this kind of record next. So it's like we're always, you know, it's that's kind of a weird thing about I think writing and recording music with this kind of like delayed release um when it's like when we were younger we would like put out music like we'd write it record it in two weeks it'd be out and now there's this really long delay period so by the time you're playing them not only have you heard them so much but you know maybe you have started listening to different things so it's kind of it's kind of weird but it's also i think cool because it makes me realize like oh man like this stuff i was listening to two years ago like i'm still really into it it's really cool so it makes me like go back and listen to it you know like sometimes i'll listen to a song off peripheral vision and then i'll be like oh i'm gonna go listen to the smiths right now i'm gonna listen to new order right now that's cool is that is that cycle frustrating as an artist i get a little frustrated by it because you know like i think there's something to be said for when um you know things like not that i don't like the songs but they lose their luster a little bit from that first time we play them it's like oh this is magic you know and then you hear them so and it's my own fault you know because like i get the record back and i play it to death I could just not do that, but I always do. So, but it's it's also just a lesson in me checking myself and being like, oh, I still gotta like try to enjoy these songs, and then I do try, and then I do enjoy them. So, I think it's all an exercise. It's sick. As an artist myself, when I'm in my band, I find it really frustrating as well because like, it's just that you have this. You get sick, I get sick of playing the same stuff over and over again, and especially if you've been sitting on it for such a while, mm-hmm. and you're like kind of like, well, this is the this is what new people, this is what people are going to hear, this is the new stuff people are going to hear. Exactly. But I'm kind of past that already. Do you know what I mean? I'm in this new place, like physically, emotionally, yep. and musically. Yeah. And it just the thing that bums me out the most about it, though, is the fact that rappers, like, just keep and hip hop artists, just keep putting out stuff all the time. Mm. And we're kind of still locked in this cycle of like, okay, mm. let's take a year to write an album and then record it and then wait a year and then yeah. tour it for two years and then come back and think about it all over again. Yeah. It's almost like old school. It is. <laughs> in an off in a kind of awkward way, you know. I do know what you mean. I, I was just thinking about that because rappers like put out singles and stuff all the time like and I think that's really cool I think that that's like one thing that's you know linked to like the digital age and like you know it it being more modern music I think in a lot of ways and I also think like that comes with recording digitally and recording with you know not that hip-hop artists don't record with real instruments and stuff but there's a lot of times when you go to make that single it's a little bit of a different process than sitting like going into the studio for a month and recording an record analog so it's um it's definitely different but I think that I think that the rock world could definitely take some notes because I mean I think there's a reason why hip hop has the success that it has it's also different to think about though because I don't know what the difference is in the market in the UK but in America hip hop is the overwhelmingly larger listen to genre of music yeah. I would say I'd, I can, say I'd say it's like pop here probably yeah it definitely is um, a grime is kind of a thing yeah. um, but I mean I wish hip hop was a, was, was a bigger thing here because I fucking love hip hop but yeah. at, the same se- at the same sense it's, it is all get kind of poppy kind of stuff which but again artists like that it's, they can do that as well they can just release a single like mm-hmm. every week if they want to but then I suppose like you say it comes down to the time taken to, to make the music. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a guy that's sitting in his bedroom just now making the beats. Exactly. You know, and he can sell that to somebody and suddenly that's the new song. It's not like three or four guys in a room having to mm-hmm. figure out how the fuck we're going to write this tune. Yeah. It's <laughs> really know? collaborative. Yeah. It's, sweet. it's cool. So thinking about Good Nature a little bit more, um, 
Were you really surprised at the way it came out compared to um, Peripheral Vision? I was. It doesn't sound how I thought it would sound when we went to record it. Definitely not. Is that common? I'm not really surprised, but. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds pretty much how I thought it was once we were recording it, you know? I, th- I always find that golf really fascinating, because like, whenever you write anything, it sounds totally different when you actually get to the. Recording, especially when Will Yep gets his hands on it as well. Yeah, change his shot. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I think Will. I think that's one thing for me that happens a lot is like I'll go in and I'll be like, all right, I want the guitars to sound like this. I want this all to sound like this. And we'll go to record it, and Will, like you know, one of the things that I think is kind of sick about him, at least in my experience, how I feel about it is that I don't usually, I don't listen to like us and think that it sounds like it's not us playing. You know, like it's. I think that it sounds like us playing, which I think is a. You know, I think a lot of, like, producers and stuff can develop a sound for themselves and then bands want to go there and they make a lot of records that sound the same. And, you know, I mean, maybe that's a little bit ingrained in just a lot of bands making similar music, but I also think there's something to be said for a group of people playing and being players and having some unique style. Mm -hmm. And I think that Will's really good at, like, capturing that and that's why he can do, like, a blacklisted record that sounds like a blacklisted and a Circa record that sounds like Circa and the Turnover record that sounds like Turnover. So it's really sick, but I think that it always checks me a little bit because, I mean, I think that it shows me, like, oh, wow, like, I could improve with this. You know, like, I think this could have sounded better and maybe that's just because I don't know as much about what I'm doing until I delve in a little further. Like, I like how this record sounds more than Peripheral Vision. I like Peripheral Vision more than Magnolia, so hopefully it's always a growth, you know what I mean? It is all about growth, isn't it, as you, as you, as you kind of mature as a player and as a, I guess, as a writer, I suppose. Yeah. Um, was, the, was the songwriting process any different for Good Nature than, than it was to Peripheral Vision? I would say it was pretty similar. Um, I would say that Casey and Danny had more input with the just all over music and melodies and stuff and I would also say that Will and I collaborated more on vocal melodies this time than on Peripheral Vision slightly um and then I also wrote the lyrics a little bit later in the game like I had a lot of ideas jotted down but less full song ideas and we kind of recorded a lot of it and then went to Europe for a month and I just wrote all the lyrics while we were in Europe last time so that was really intense really critical period but uh yeah, other than that, it's pretty similar. Do you think that change of change of location helped, like influenced the way you were writing your lyrics? I think that it made me focus more because we were had a lot of time in like the van where I didn't have service, so I couldn't just be on my phone or something stupid. And like, um, so I- as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. I would just listen to the demo mixes a lot and 
just force myself to be critical, which was stressful, but I think that ended up pretty good. I'm pretty happy with them. We kind of touched a little bit on it at the start with the van thing, but as you guys have grown as a band and been together more, has the touring experience changed from when it first began? Definitely. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, like, you have a little more fire in you for touring when you first start. You know, like, it's still fun, but it's like you have kind of, like, found ways to, like, continue to think it's fun rather than just being like, here's this brand new experience, you know? So I think like anything, you get used to things and then the experience changes for you and then your attitude changes about it. And it's always changing, you know, like this tour is different than I felt last time we were here. So definitely. I think it's also almost kind of just generally harder when you're more adult than when you're young. Like when I first started touring, it was right after I graduated high school. And like I didn't have to worry about like really like getting down to the grind getting a job moving out from my parents house i just went on tour and it just didn't matter but now i have to like pay rent in my own place i have a girlfriend i like you know it's just different more things yeah. i guess you just have more responsibilities at home as you get older you know so it's harder to leave that and just go on tour does, t- does touring um make responsibilities like easier financially uh i guess i mean i guess it's cool it makes me appreciate my home life more because okay. I'll go back home and be like, oh, this is so relaxing and chill. But at the same time, it sucks to pay rent when you're, <laughs> when you're not home, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Pay car payment, pay insurance, or like that. I mean, it must have been really weird to kind of grow up as a band on the road as well and have to adjust to coming off the road and then being like, shit, I actually have to do this thing, which I've never done before. I have to, like, get a house and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It was all, like, pretty recent for us too, you know, because... We're all pretty young, relatively, yeah. but yeah, in the past year or two, since the peripheral vision cycle and growth of the band, we've all kind of like been like, oh shit, we should like, we gotta we gotta grow up a little bit. <laughs> Do you ever find that being on the road so much kind of freezes you in time a little bit? I definitely think so. I think that that's one of the things the most about touring and that has made me think about the most is that it's just made my life so much different from many of the people surrounding me that there's a little bit of trouble, like, relating to some stuff, you know? Like, I... Like, the tour experience is just... It's very unique because you're limited drastically in, like, who you're in contact with on a daily basis that's not a brand-new person. Like, it's either a brand-new person at the show. You, I mean, you have some friends in some cities, obviously. But, and then who you're with every day, who you have this other completely different dynamic with because everybody in the band might as well be your brother because you live with them all the time. You're with them all the time. So you share this crazy bond. So you go back home, and it's like all these other people have been doing other things, and you're like, oh, wow, so much is different since I left or, you know this is what I've been up to and what you've been up to is so different. Like one of my, two of my friends are married, two of my best friends got married within the last couple of years, had a kid within the last couple of years. And it's just like, damn, like that's not even on my radar right now. So it's definitely a little, a little different, but I think that it's cool. It's made me kind of be like, maybe have to like try a little harder and think a lot about like putting effort into relationships and it just not being something that just happens and I take for granted. So I think that, like anything else, it's just, you know, something you got to learn to do. You get a lot of experience from doing this kind of thing as well, which you wouldn't get, like, if, if you were just stuck at home, you know, getting married, having kids. 
you know, which I guess suppose that's a bit another way of looking at it, you know. Yeah, it's definitely got a, an overwhelming amount of positive, which is why I'm still doing it. You know, like as much as I struggle with, like, damn, these are the things that I'm missing out on. I'm still here because I'm like, there's a lot more that I'm getting from it. So it's really cool, especially at this, at least at this stage in my life. Especially get to go on stage every night and, and play the songs to people who fucking love the songs, which right. is it's beautiful. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine ever wanting to stop doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of the most rewarding things for sure. I think that the only thing I can see myself ever stopping for is just because, you know, if there ever is a time where I feel that, you know, there's a degree of me that feels a little bit mm, selfish for doing it, you know, when you're leaving, like, loved ones behind and stuff. But then, you know, there's the other side of it that's like, you know, is that, like, a guilty attitude for no reason because... You know, you are going and playing to these people that really want to see you, that have a real love for the art that you're creating. And so I do believe that as an artist who, and especially as an artist who's making it in a commercial industry, like, that you do owe a lot to the people that are keeping you afloat. So, but, like, I know myself, for example, like, if I had kids, I would find it really hard to, like, tour, you know, because then it's, like, that's directly affecting their life, your partner's life. So it's definitely something that as I'm growing up and, putting my time into it it's like these are the things that i'm seeing down the road issues coming up trying to deal with those but like anything else you can't get trapped and thinking too far into the future you know so let's roll with it did you ever expect the band to become a full-time thing uh i it was weird because like when i was young i was was like i want to be a i want to play music you know blah 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 and then but once it starts actually happening i was i we played shows for so long to like the same kind of plateau of crowd that I think in my head I'd kind of just gotten in the habit of just expecting it to just be mediocre and not really knowing. Still trying, but kind of trying, like, just out of, like, almost being like, what else should I do? Like, I've been putting doing this for a while. And then it was kind of unexpected, so it's awesome. What do you think changed to, to make it, like, a full-time experience? People just like the record, you know? I mean, really, just yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. That's all it was. So it was just basically like there was no other thing other than fuck people prefer this record a lot more to Magnolia basically. I mean, I think that we were basically following a similar formula even going into Peripheral Vision, you know what I mean? Just kinda of doing support tours we would get here and there and doing our own headliners. And then I think per- with Peripheral Vision when it came out, people liked it more, so other bands wanted to take us on tour and then you know, it's kind of a cyclical thing and then more people hear it and more people hear it and they're like, oh, I really like this and then the headline tours do better and then it just, it starts, once the ball starts rolling, it builds pretty well on itself but, you know, like once you're at a kind of a stopped momentum how we were, it's hard to see that growth and I think Peripheral Vision is just the thing that kind of like reignited it for the band. Yeah, I think our, you know, like the sudden change of sound surprised most of our fans which made it, like, a hot topic, I feel like, you know, like, people, you know, when something shocking happens, it has, like, shock value, you know, people talk about it more. Like, I feel like if good, if we would have went straight from Magnolia to Good Nature, people would have been like, what the fuck, you know? But I think that was just helped a lot of people, like, notice it. And, you know, I think that kind of music is just generally easier to listen to than like Magnolia and our stuff before that. I think it's really interesting because a lot of the interviews that I was reading from you guys when I was doing my research were pretty much all asked you the same question about, well, why did you change your sound? And it just kind of made me go, there are people, you know, yeah. people 
fucking change. <laughs> like, that's kind of what I think too. But but a lot of people don't expect that from artists. They expect them to keep making the same record over and over and over again. And I think we probably feel the same as well. Bands that we like, you know, there's probably bands that we all like who are like, oh fuck, I really wish they didn't change this part of their sound and now they sound like a different band. But it's not until you're in the process you realise that fuck, like, exactly. I got to be. I gotta be true to myself. I can't keep writing the same four chord pop pop song for the rest of my goddamn life. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> even even Magnolia was a pretty big change from the music before that too. So it's always been different. Yeah. yeah. Every album is different. Just Purple Vision is just a lot different. I also just think that like when I was young, I definitely felt that way. But I think being a musician in really, you know, I think it's natural because people love music and they're attached to it in a way. So it's it's natural to be like, oh, I want that more, you know, and like. I don't fault anyone for it, but I know that growing up and listening to other bands that have changed a lot and also just knowing what it's like, you know, people don't really, um, people don't expect, like, I think a visual artist to paint the same painting a bunch of times, you know, they'll know they'll change, but for some reason with music it's different, I think, because people get so attached to a sound and uh, they kind of expect it to stay the same, but I think that Music also for me is something that's always pushed my mental like boundaries and it's been like, okay, cool, like this band that I really likes doing this thing, I don't like it. And then I'll be like, Well, I know I like this band. I know that they do something together and have something between them that I can feel. So maybe it just takes a little bit longer. And then because of that I get into a whole new type of music, you know. So I think that's another really special thing about having the responsibility of having people's ears is that, you know, you have the ability to kinda like be like, Hey, you know, like this is a new kind of music we could open the doors to it maybe it's their new favourite thing so that's always beautiful too People, people's tastes always change as well Absolutely. and I think a lot of people don't realise that when they say that like oh I wish they hadn't changed their sound but then like well how many times have you started listening to totally different bands you know it's like you're just another human being yeah uh, I was going to ask just go back, going back a little bit um, what when you're talking about how like before you felt as though the band kind of plateaued and were playing to the same kinds of like shows and stuff like what where does it go now with good nature and, and kind of touring. What do you mean? Like, like, where's the next thing? What's the next kind of thing to get to? Uh, I don't really know, man. I mean, I'm honestly loving how it is right now. I mean, you know, growth is always good. Um, hopefully, like, just a little bit bigger rooms and a steady growth that doesn't overwhelm us. I know that a lot of times I see a band that, like, plays, like, a couple hundred people and then something happens and all of a sudden they're playing thousands and thousands of people and that's, like, overwhelming to me. I think that the steady growth between, you know, I mean, even this, even the jump from how it was at the beginning of Peripheral Vision to this is a massive change. So something even so much bigger than that, I think would be shocking. So I, I guess I kind of hope for a slow and like sustainable growth within the band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's, That seems sensible to me. <laughs> is there anything you want to add to that? Not really. Yeah. I mean, hoping that we continue to grow, but, you know. You know, I don't want to completely plateau, but I'm not expecting like rapid, crazy stardom or anything. You know, <laughs> just just manageable, just a little bit manageable, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully people like Good Nature as much as they like Purple Vision, and hopefully more. You know, hopefully we really re get some new fans from it and stuff. It's my favorite so far. I should say that. So I'm, I wasn't expecting it, even though I kind of was, if that makes sense. <laughs> like I knew it was going to be a little bit more like Purple Vision than anything else, but then I was kind of like, well. Hang on, this is just, this is a lot, I don't know, it just feels like closer, do you know, does that make sense? It feels like a lot closer to... I'm glad you feel that. Yeah. 
I don't even know if I'm making sense anymore. Some people probably don't feel that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm glad that some people do, you know? I, I think that some people have told me, like, oh, this one's not touching me the same way that Peripheral Vision did, and that's, you know, like, that's fine. And I think that, I think ultimately art that kind of polarizes people is cool, you know, because I think it's natural. It's like guitar sounds on the new record, man. That's what get me straight away. It's just that, like, I don't know, the tone. I just love the tones, basically. Thank you, dude. It's really sick. But is there anything else you guys want to say, anything you want to add, or anything you want to ask me before finish? Uh, thanks for having us. This is one of the best podcast interview things we've ever done, so it's awesome. I'm glad you said that. Thank yeah. you. Now I feel really happy. Is there anything you want to say? Nah, but you, uh... I was kind of worried that it would be hard to understand you because you're from Scotland, but it's not so hard. So it's good. <laughs> that's because I'm been doing this, so I need yeah. to. I've spoken to a lot of American people. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, gentlemen, it's been a total pleasure. Thank you very much. You too, man. You too. Thanks, man. That seems to be the norm for this podcast. It was another interview that was conducted in a tour van, and. Apart from the band sound checking in the background, I think it turned out pretty well. Often in case you're a super laid back guy, super nice guys, apparently my accent is quite easy to understand and it's okay, so I guess that's a good sign. I don't know. But anyway, I was really happy to talk to them. They're a really great band. Their new album, Good Nature, is, is really, really, really great. So if you haven't heard it already, I certainly recommend you go and check that out. It's a band that are destined for big things, I think. And they can only go from strength to strength from here. That's all for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you could drop me a wee rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I'd super appreciate that. If you want to get in contact with me, just go to thecreatorpodcast.com. You can get details from my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. I'm having a good time doing this podcast and I hope you're having a good time listening to it. If there's anything you want to say to me, any feedback you want to offer, anything like that, please do not hesitate to get in touch. As I said in the previous episode, there will be some new ideas coming at you soon. I'm really excited to share them with you. I hope you dig them as much as I do. Until next time, bye-bye.